welcome everyone to Maddie's Chat Show podcast. I hope you're ready for the next instalment. I hope you have a cup of tea and a nice piece of cake. If not cake, a biscuit. I'm relaxed and ready to listen. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Manny's Chat Show. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you've got a nice cup of tea or a piece of cake. If not, you've got a nice drink of juice, water, and some fruit. You know, trying to look healthy as again for the summer period or just to be healthy within ourselves. So, guys, I've got another reoccurring guest. She has been on here before, but she's come back. Um, she's a beautiful, beautiful lady, a beautiful soul, and she is someone who's been um, educating me a little bit more around about mental illness, about being in work with a mental illness and stuff. Um, she is beautiful, Barry. Got it right, my Barry. Yeah, thank you so much. So Barry's back. So we're just going to chat about like your experience now. Now you're back to work. You know, at first before. Like, so let's go before the lockdown happened and stuff. What was, you know, um, before all the kind of the drama then, going yeah. into work anyway before, <laughs> you know, yeah. when you got mental health illness was enough. And then we've been through this, um, you know, this process of not being there. And it must have been so much difficult. It's difficult for everybody, but I think more yeah. difficult as well for you routine-wise. And then now, yeah. so we've been in lockdown, we're out of lockdown. We're now back to kind of like semi- something getting back to a different norm yeah a semi whatever (laughs) whatever it is um so yeah so it's just kind of like tell us a little bit you know what life because like we don't know when we're at work we kind of like um not hide but we don't go there and tell everybody our problems do we we're not you know because you know no one cares no yeah no one cares and two is it's you just most of us are just there for money i want to get money i want to leave faster faster i can get out um but it's different when your mind is just too busy because you're trying to deal with um having bipolar or having depression or having anxiety and all of that Uh, and trying to focus isn't it at work i don't know like uh, and that could be quite difficult and yeah. when you're dealing with different people people you know deal with different people's personalities too yeah yeah it can be very triggering do you know what I mean like they can trigger you off without you even <laughs> noticing yeah. um and you wonder why you're feeling very angry that day <laughs> yeah no it's it's so true I mean I think before the pandemic I didn't realize how much of um a crutch work was for me mm-hmm. because for me it was somewhere I could go and as soon as I walked through that door I could whack on the smile get into professional mode and almost play a role to a certain extent it was a good distraction for me and mm-hmm. um, from the things that were going on in my head and even if I had these recurring thoughts or anxieties or depression or manic episodes I could kind of push them to the back mm-hmm. for as long as I was at work I would busy myself in sorting out other people's problems and then when I would go home I would crash in an evening and I would be like I'm so exhausted because I'm trying to deal with all my own crap as well as holding down a job mm. um, I mean I'm, I'm quite lucky that 
for the most part, my employer has been really understanding. Um, a lot of the managers in my workplace have, you know, been very understanding and have known when to take me off certain tasks to put me on to a different task that might, you know, suit my, my mood mm. uh, better at that particular time. Um, so I have been really fortunate in that respect. When we obviously went into lockdown and the pandemic and I was working from home, I just really struggled because for me, as I've said, going to work was a huge part of the routine that kept me stable. So mm -hmm. having something that meant I had to get out of bed, I had to get dressed, I had to look presentable, I had to like look the part at the part I didn't have that same feeling of doing that when I was at home sat behind a laptop working from home all day mm. um and I initially got really stressed and quite manic um so the higher end of the bipolar spectrum and so then I just couldn't concentrate so working from home was impossible mm -hmm. and then I hit quite a depressive episode and then stayed in that for quite a considerable amount of time um and I think that was just because my brain couldn't understand why I was always in the house because the only other time I'd ever been like that was when I was you know suicidal so for me doing everything in one room it had such negative connotations mm. that I didn't know it's like my brain didn't kept telling me do all that your self-care things and then I'd get frustrated because I didn't have time to do all the self-care things I wanted to do because I needed mm -hmm. to be sat behind a computer all day. And then it was almost like I never knew what time to shut off because I always felt like I was never doing enough. I always felt like okay. I was on the back foot as soon yeah. as I started because I was in a terrible mood yeah. and I found it very, very difficult. Um, so eventually I applied to go back to work um, in an office-based environment for well-being reasons and they they have finally approved that as we went into this ease of lockdown mm. so I'm actually back in my office now three days a week but there's only like five of us there um so it's how many complete... people in your office before then so how, you know, how many oh, there was hundreds of us just on my floor there was about five or six hundred of us on your floor so, there's five hundred okay yeah, yeah so that's major that's a major stop big, isn't it Amazing. yeah it's um, a huge office environment, like mm. it's um, a big head office that I work for. Um, and it does feel very strange to be going in and it's like tumbleweed. There's hundreds of empty desks around you. But I'm finding having that routine of having to get up, put on some like smart clothes, put on a bit of makeup, go and have a little walk to work, doing all that those three days a week are just giving me that little edge to like get me through the week. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm still probably on the more depressed end of the scale, mm -hmm. it's helping me see that there's a light in the end of the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's mm -hmm. helping me know that I've got a bit of worth. I've, you know, I'm going to work. I'm still earning my money. I'm doing whatever. So it's, that's starting to help. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it just proves how much, like routine is such a key part of managing your mental health. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I just, with bipolar being as complex as it is, I just really struggled to maintain any form of routine whilst working from home. Um, it, I just found it impossible. But was it because like you had, um, 
you had a balance in your life at the time before because work was a place you went to work and it was a place you that, that was work yeah. when you come home it's your relaxation and self-care and then yeah. um but another thing as well you don't have you live you have a housemate don't you as well yeah yeah so it isn't like some people are lucky enough that can have their own place that they can set still separate it a little bit yeah you weren't able to do that neither because you you know you don't have a, a spare room or yeah. you know. like I can't create an office environment yeah it's just yeah it's just I've just found it and me I think a lot of people listening would identify it it's not knowing when your work day started and when it ended because mm. everything was it was you know so many mornings I mean I moved house in the pandemic and when I moved into the house I'm in now it was slightly better because I have a much bigger bedroom and I have got like mm. a more clearly defined workspace but when I was in my smaller um, accommodation I literally would some days wake up and just turn my laptop on in my bed and work in my bed and then mm. when I logged off work from the evening I would watch telly on the same laptop I'd been working all day mm. so you know I wasn't necessarily really moving I think like one day on my Fitbit I did about 57 steps like all day wow well, yeah. just so sedentary and mm. one of the things that no matter how much I knew that moving and being mobile and getting out and about was mm. going to help me when you're feeling that crap the last thing you feel like doing is being like okay I'm going to go and leave my house and it's mm. raining outside and it's it's horrible and because I didn't have that excuse to leave the house for a long time you know I didn't and then one day I was like Farry you've got to do something and then I started incorporating walking mm. I felt like a blooming rambler I'd walk like 15k a day some days but it was I just had to mm. physically get out of the house and I had to listen to a podcast or or do something to mm. make me feel alive and make me feel like there was other people in the world because especially in that initial lockdown where it was a really, really scary one. Is that the it first was, one when, like, when, when yeah. you talk about the first lockdown? Because that one, yeah. I think, is the major one. Because everything shut. It wasn't like not, you know, yeah. we've been very blessed and the third, the second and the third not being rude. There's a lot more some things been open. But yeah. everything shut, wasn't it? It was like, if you wanted to paint your place, say like that, you yeah. couldn't. Because <laughs> there was no way to get paint. And I, I remember before I actually left the house the first time, I was so scared that I felt like felt like when I left the house, it was going to be like 28 days later or something. Like it was going to be like everyone was going to look really ill or mm. like because because I hadn't left the house, I'd built up this huge like fear and anxiety about mm. what it would be like when I did leave the house. Um and I used to, you know, only leave the house once a week in the initial stages to go and get stuff from the supermarket. And eventually I was like, you know what, Barry, you've got to manage your fears of getting ill with your fears of getting mentally ill. Because if you don't get a hold of this right mm. now, if you don't establish a routine and find new ways to practice self-care or new ways to have routine... Mm then you're going to end up in hospital and not because you've got COVID because you're very mentally unwell. Mm. So it was completely changing the, the building blocks that I'd previously created, mm. like my like little self-care talk, toolkit. I had to completely change and it was, yeah, a constant evolution, I guess, because 
our parameters kept changing. We could meet people, we couldn't meet people, we could go to the shop, we couldn't go to the shop. So it was constantly having to, to change that and really test my resilience, I guess. I think the other part of your resilience I think has been really, um, that you've done well with, but you, you said you moved in the middle of that. So not being rude, like moving generally is hard. <laughs> you have oh, got no God. pandemic do you understand yeah. and there was nothing you know you're just like getting through life and you're moving house so how did you cope with that because it's like oh no you had quite a bit then you know because you just said you stopped working for it you you know you're in panic you're on a lockdown okay we need to move or just you know whatever reason you're moving and then think right well, how are we going to move because even then people are like no we can't hire vans you know yeah. what I mean? that's for sure luckily <laughs> we looked into it and we realized that you could move you could have a social bubble to help you move mm -hmm. so um i got my sister in a little uh like ford astra um to to move me in it took us like seven car loads because we couldn't get a van um but i think that to have that project to pack yeah. up my house then to unpack my house mm -hmm. and make this house feel like my own that was a really good thing for me to focus on um and I find that with you know when my mental health is declining to give myself a project mm. to focus on really really helps because mm. um, sometimes I don't feel like putting the effort in on myself directly mm. but having a project to put the effort on then I'm like oh I've achieve this today and that builds up the self-worth again and it kind of you know one thing offsets the other so I think as much as it was very stressful one I, I moved from living with housemates to living with a close friend so that mm. made a huge difference but then also just having the you know the optimism of a new star and mm. being able to have this project to make this you know house and room really nice that that was a really good and I moved in January as well so it was a real like new year new start yeah. so I think it gave me that kick up the bum that I'd probably needed for like I needed to draw a line under 2022 many bad things had happened yeah and I think to physically get up and move myself was probably the best thing I could have done it's fantastic we've got, we got to big it up for the old Ford cars though because everyone when they move they have the smallest car don't we to move oh my God. <laughs> It's almost like, yeah, we've got, you know, we've got a Ford for, you know, um, a Fiesta. Yeah. Or Focus. Always the Ford. It's always, that everyone goes, that if you're doing a major move, it's always a little car. Like, yeah. Bed on the roof. My friend was older, the back of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, so we've got to big up for them. We've got to big up for them. Yeah. It's really important and stuff. Um, so now, so now, how do you kind of, you know, start doing your self-care you'll kind of look after yourself now what do you have a routine that you've built now in I think the main change for me um from lockdown was i started running and i mm. like i am built for comfort not speed i am not you know a small person um so i never thought i would ever want to take up running i've yeah. tried it in the past because you know it's that thing that everyone says feels amazing um and I genuinely didn't want to do it but and I previously had found like a lot of solitude in the gym but obviously the gym gyms were closed and I was walking a lot but 
sometimes that was making me more frustrated because it was giving me too much time to think because I was just walking mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. and walking and thinking. So sometimes that kind of made me feel worse rather than better. So a couple of my friends were like, look, we've done Couch to 5K. Why don't you just try it? And I was mm. like, oh, no, like, I don't need to be running with all that. My jiggly bits jiggling all over the place. Like, I'm not about that life. <laughs> uh, that so. sounds like my thoughts. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, yeah. I don't feel I run. I don't. I, I sprint. That means like, I'm born to sprint. I can run like the wind if I need to. Like, to yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't do the old like. Probably run, but but I jog. The thought of that just really scared me. Yeah. But I started it and hated it because I hate doing and I hate doing things that I feel I can't. I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. But I I had to just set myself a challenge to be like. Do you know what, Barry? You can't keep only doing things that you know you're good at because mm. you've got a whole heap of your life left, and you can't. You're never going to be get good at anything if you won't allow yourself to be bad at something. Mm. So I told myself I would at least stick to this couch to five k, mm. no matter how rubbish it was, no matter how much I hated it. I had to do the nine weeks. And maybe about three or four weeks into it, I was halfway through like one of the runs and I just burst into tears because I'd realized that I'd pushed myself like physically and mentally to get to that point. Mm. And once that had clicked, I was like, okay, I really love this. And then I built it up to do 10K runs. And now when I'm feeling stressed, going out for a run is a huge act of self-care for me, which I never would have thought it would have been a thing before because I mean I don't look elegant I'm sweating all over the place and you know you know that you know we're all born differently we're not all supposed to not be we're not all born to be like like that but like I've seen a lot of people you know um and they're all different shapes and sizes but they're all the same fitness level it's it is it is honestly whacking my headphones on and putting on like a playlist of music that just makes me feel good and running mm. it, it is it it's almost like as you're like building up that heart rate it's like for me I genuinely feel like it brings all those uncomfortable emotions to the surface yeah so times where I've burst into tears of like joy when I was running or burst into tears and let go of a lot of hurt I was feeling in a depressive mm. episode because I'm a person that I'm not always the best at vocalizing it. I'm very good at helping other people to be like, this is, you're not, you know, you're depressed, so this is what you need to do. But I don't always like imposing my struggles on other people, mm-hmm. which I think so many of us with mental health issues are guilty of. And I just found that running meant that it brought everything to the surface and released it in a physical way rather than it having to be verbalized Mm -hmm. so that's something that I do um as a part of my self-care routine um I also journal a lot Mm. um again it's just a physical act of getting the thoughts from my head and out onto paper yeah having to say them out loud to someone because sometimes the thoughts that we we think you'd be really, you know, you don't want other people to hear them. You might be ashamed of them. So to get them out and onto paper really helps. Or um, sometimes I even write a letter to myself. So say all the things that I would say to a friend Mm. if they were 
going through a hard time I write it as if I'm writing to a friend but write mm-hmm. it to myself and I find that really helps and then <clears throat> obviously you've got your other really basic like indulgent things like having a really nice bath with a hot chocolate or having a nice face mask or you know just giving yourself a little treat like that or buying yourself something new sometimes I think we can be so caught up in the like you know therapy kind of self-care stuff that we can forget that sometimes it just feels really nice to go and buy yourself a new top or mm. on your favorite lipstick yeah. or your hair like for me sometimes just sitting and putting on a full face of makeup and my favorite clothes and going for a walk rather mm. than chucking on the old tired tracksuit bottoms and a hoodie and putting my hair in a messy bun taking that time to like indulge myself and treat myself and you know put the kind of effort in I would if I was going on a date or if I was going out with the girls but just put that that effort in to just have a day with myself and it's it's you know showing yourself that love that yeah I think part of self-care which I just took for granted before mm-hmm. because I would love to put my makeup on to go and have like brunch or I'd love to go and put my makeup on for a night out but actually now I've realized that there's something really mindful and enjoyable about sitting and putting your face on mm. and not for anyone else to see it but just because it makes me feel damn good to like to put my lashes on and you know to be like yeah I've taken that time on myself today because I'm worth like I'm worth it it's mm. not because I want to impress anyone else it's because I I just want to give myself that act of kindness yeah I think that's great I think a lot of people's learned that as well about it's okay to take time for you yeah it's okay to actually um have me time and get to know yourself you know on that process and I think that's the important bit that sometimes we forget just generally if we're not looking after others we're doing something busy enough that we're trying not to think about it too oh gosh yeah what do you think about that do you think that's right like we do that don't we kind of do everything else but not take that time for ourselves. and then what happens is you get to the burnout point yeah and then oh I should have you know and it is that and I think this is this is the thing especially when it comes to mental health so many of us and this was myself included we don't start to even think about the importance of our mental health till we're in a crisis Mm. so it wasn't until I was really depressed having terrible thoughts of you know suicide or self-harm or you know a lot of like putting myself down and was in a horrible like cycle Mm. negative cycle and it wasn't until I was almost at breaking point that I was like oh actually I should really start and see a doctor about this or oh yeah I should really start making sure I'm getting the right amount of sleep and Mm. oh let's really think about what I'm eating but putting the right foods in my body for my mind not putting the right foods in my body so I lose a stone Mm. like thinking about all those kind of things and looking at you know what we consume food wise what you watch on the telly what you listen to all of that I think that's the important bit what you're saying there as well it's about um I think right now over this time 
I've learned that like I don't watch a lot of the news. I don't watch a lot of telly. I've just kind of had my, you know, some time that I, I, I've of course selective programs that I like. Yeah. And now I have the time when I selectively watch it. Do you understand? Like, yeah. so I record it. It doesn't mean I'm going to watch it the same day or whatever, but I might build it up and go, okay, you know, I'm going to binge this because I'm yeah. just going to take, and that's a self-care time. It's like sitting there, yeah. favourite drink, bashing out like a series or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah, no, it's, and it is, it is so true because I think this is what the pandemic has done in a positive way. I think it's made all of us hit a reset button. Yeah. Because it's made me and most of my friends I know from the conversations we've had really reevaluate what we want in our life, what we don't want in our life, what we're going to stand for, what we're not going to stand for, what our boundaries are. Mm. What, I mean, there's loads of things like that before like people I would have hung around with or things I would have done re like regularly that now I'll just be like, actually, I'm not really that bothered about going out and like trying to pull some guy in a bar, like some ru rubbish, like central London bar. Like I'd, I'd rather just go and sit and have a nice meal with my friends and mm. really enjoy that moment. And if, you know, someone comes to talk to us, that's great. Mm. Like, I think my, I realized how much I enjoyed my own company and I loved the friends that I had and didn't need to constantly be chasing highs and chasing different things because actually when I stopped I realized I probably liked the slower pace of life much mm -hmm. more than I ever realized mm. because I'd always been like a party girl high chaser but that, does that go with your but as you with polo is that though up you go really high don't you already yeah. know so because yeah. you always, because you always were on your high all the time. Uh, yeah, I think there was an element of that. And I think even when I wasn't high, mm. I missed those highs. So no. even when mm. I was like in a balanced mood, um, I would be really wanting to emulate those really fun, crazy nights where I felt attractive, where I like was talking to lots of people where I, you know, felt mm. charismatic and all these things that being high and having like a, a manic episode make you feel. Unless you've ever experienced it, you don't understand what those highs are like. And so many people with bipolar will like openly say, if it wasn't the fact that they were, they can be so dangerous, um, we would all want to be high all the time because mm, it okay. is almost like, when it gets to a certain point before it gets to the dangerous ends of it, you are really confident. You are really charismatic. Mm -hmm. You do, you don't have any like boundaries really. So mm -hmm. you, you put yourself into situations that might have fantastic outcomes. Yeah. So I think that was the problem that because I loved that aspect of my life and probably a huge part of me thought I was more naturally a confident hyper person. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure until I spent spent time with myself in the pandemic of how I could be confident in my quieter self. Okay. And I, and I think I, I've learned that actually I like the person I am when I'm balanced more than I like either ends of the spectrum. But I don't think I would have ever realised that if we hadn't have gone through the pandemic because I don't think I would have ever allowed myself to sit mm -hmm. in that 
not high, not low, like mm-hmm. this is me situation, because I would have always either been putting myself into situations that then made me depressed, so mm-hmm. going into terrible relationships, self-sabotaging, that kind of thing, or I'd be flip, flipping between a high episode and I'd just be, you know, pushing boundaries all the time and being a bit of a, an idiot. I'd, I would never have explored the things that I've explored in the last, you know, 13 months. Um, so it's been an interesting time. It's been, as you said, like when we discussed before just jumping on here today, you said it's like been a reset time for you, for people, you know, like yeah. literally yeah. because you had to stop. And, you know, the first person you had to be friends with is yourself. The first part of it, you yeah. had to work out. Actually, do I really need to go out all the time? You know, no, I'm pretty yeah. happy. I'm pretty happy sometimes just sitting on a Friday night and, uh, you know, putting a face mask on or just sitting there reading yeah. a book. That's all right, really. Yeah, like yeah. And I, do you know what? I was a person that I used to have like the fear of missing out all hmm. the time. If it was a Friday night, I'd be like, so and so's out and so and so's out, and I'm not out. It's because I'm not popular. It's because no one likes me. Hmm. It's because this. It's that and that would like start this negative dialogue in my head whereas now I'm just like no it's Friday night I've got a whole night that I can just sit and watch my um my tv programs I don't have work tomorrow I can relax I can mm. do whatever and it's just completely reframed how I, I, I see life mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong I'm still really looking forward to going out and having some drinks and doing a couple of you know boozy brunches and nice meals everybody is the exception not the rule yeah now. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely so you said you mentioned that like you and your friends kind of re looked at recession resetting kind of your um ideas and kind of goals so what is your mission now in your life that has it kind of changed your mission of what you're going to be doing in your life because you know I can say yeah for me my mission is and I've had this time to kind of stop a little bit have the time of like actually what's my mission because before, because yeah. we were so busy, I don't think yeah, you'd be oh, like, yeah. doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. And you know, if one, if a young person come up to you and go, like, so what, you know, when you were my age, what you thought you were going to do? You're like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've had to reset. So what's your yeah, kind of your... I think for me, I, it made me realise how much I wasn't using my, like, God-given skills. Mm-hmm. It made me realise that in my normal life, I've just got very complacent. I've, you know, I've got a job that's got good benefits. It's for a, you know, a good company. I get a, an all right salary, like I'm a comfortable salary. Mm. And I liked my work friends. And to go to work, the job, you know, I could do quite comfortably, had banter with my friends, had enough money to be able to go out on a Friday night, do whatever, did a bit of my mental health advocacy stuff on the side, mm. was in a choir, did a couple of different things, you know. I, my life I thought was quite fulfilled Mm -hmm. and then when the pandemic hit it made me literally when all you have by way of work is you your laptop and the job it made me be like gosh this isn't where my heart is and actually this isn't where my skills lie and Mm -hmm. all of these thoughts you've had in your head about wanting to help people and empower people with you know, their mental illness and all, all this kind of stuff and encourage self-love and take people mm. on a growth journey like what mm. I've been on, you're not doing any of that. And it made me, that probably made me depressed because I really felt like I'd wasted. I was like, you know, I'm, 
I'm 34 going on 35 and I feel like I've wasted 15 years of my life because I've just been you know going from pillar to post Mm. so I think my mission now is to empower people to whether they've got a mental illness or not to to love the parts of them that they don't like Mm -hmm. and to basically just embrace the things that you can't change and be the best version of yourself so I've signed up um start starting a counseling course so I'm going to train to be a counselor um, which is really exciting um I've also got right onto the second round of interviews to be a listening volunteer for the Samaritans fantastic um so I just I want to be able to be the person that I probably didn't have mm-hmm. when when I first was diagnosed with bipolar I couldn't really find many people that spoke about it in a positive way everyone I found was like it's a life sentence you know you're gonna die with it and it's terrible and it's the worst thing I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't feel that sometimes I'm not gonna say that I, I wish you know sometimes I didn't have it and sometimes you know it's a very crippling illness of course but also Mm. I would not be the person I am who I'm actually very proud of Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that illness Mm. because things that I've done in my episodes and the person I am in my my episodes have shaped who I am now The, the situations I've put myself in because I was depressed or the relationships I found myself in because I had low self worth due to depression or whatever those people helped shape me into who I am now. And I wouldn't be, you know, the very sitting here talking to you on a podcast now if I hadn't have had those experiences and if I hadn't have had this illness. So mm-hmm. I just want to be able to help other people, whether it's that they have depression, anxiety, you know, any any form of mental illness. I just want to be able to be like, that doesn't have to define you. It's mm-hmm. It's a label like like any label like fat or thick or whatever like you can have a label it doesn't mean you're that you're that you don't have to be the label my belief doesn't have to be the label everyone try and fit someone in a box for some reason because mine's just a bipolar box somebody else's box might be an anorexic box somebody else's box might be that they've got cancer kidney failure whatever my box is because i'm a black box i'm in the black box and i'm black yeah (laughs) and you know we we can all be defined by what society says people in that box should do yeah when really we're all we're all just people and if we loved ourselves a little bit more and looked at the people a little bit more mm-hmm. the world like your little corner of the world would be happier and it's like a ripple effect then mm-hmm. that's that's how i see it and the people that i now choose to surround myself with and the community that i'm you know putting myself into that's what we do and I just think since I've cut out a lot of the negativity Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be the change I want to see in the world so I guess that's what my mission is to encourage people to take that look at themselves what do you want to change what do you want to keep you know what what can we do to support that Mm -hmm. and then we we go on and we love our life a little bit more because as we were saying before, you're a long time dead. So yeah. enjoy the time that you've got here. And you're not going to enjoy the time if you're spending that time hating yourself or not loving the person that's looking back at you in the mirror. Yes. Com- 
you took the words out of my mouth. That's definitely true. Definitely, definitely. So as you, is there any books that you've been reading as well then through this second, third, I can't remember, so many lockdowns <laughs> that you could recommend? Um, to be honest, I haven't read that many books in the last lockdown. I think with going back to work mm. and um, just generally my mental health being a bit icky, mm-hmm. I've just been trying to focus on taking it day by day, like just indulging in myself, as mm-hmm. I was saying before. So I, I did watch a great um, show on Netflix, um, which had Brené Brown, um, which was the Brené Brown, um, like documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she talks a lot about um, shame and mm-hmm. like living with shame and how we shouldn't yeah. all hold shame and how debilitating that is. Yeah. And probably in the last lockdown, that was the most empowering thing that I watched because it just made me be like, gosh, like you shame is so disempowering mm. and a lot of the things that you feel shame about people wouldn't even like if you said it to someone else they'd be like so what like so I think me watching that definitely made me think about the way that I viewed certain things that had happened in my life or the way I behaved in certain periods of my life or whatever um so I definitely recommend people to, to like to check that out because what was it called again um, it's Brené Brown and I can't remember what it, I think it's called I'll have to come back to you on it what it's called but it's if you search on Netflix Brené I'll Brown I will drop it in a link of this as well so yeah. check it out too I can't remember because yeah I can't remember what the, the title is but even if you just search her on YouTube she's got an okay. amazing TED talk on YouTube as well mm-hmm. um, she's yeah she's great she just she speaks so much about just accepting your shit and getting mm. on with it. And I'm, yeah, I'm all about that. Cool. No, definitely. I'm going to definitely check that out. I'll definitely do. So as you know, um, I have, Maddie has a handbag of light. So that's one good thing though. If you're not down, I did sort of go for my handbags. <laughs> yeah. Send any my way. I love a handbag. If you don't want it. Oh yeah. I oh, don't worry. I will. I've got so many. I can have my own <laughs> handbag shop. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, I know. I know. I want it. I want it now. I want it with the bags. I'm definitely going to do it. I've got to because what's happened now? I'm like seeing so many new ones. I want to buy. I was. You have to get rid of one to replace the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm on now. But I have a. But as you as you wear, as you know before, like I have a baddest handbag of life. It's in my head. I keep little yeah. things in my little handbag of life. It has been pretty useful, actually. I have used a couple of people. Um, do you know what I mean? Ever since, like, going back to sort of, like, normal-ish of working, little tips that you've told me, other guests have told me, and I've gone, like, oh, you know, like, you know, it pops up. Yeah. Good. Um, is there anything else that I can put into my little handbag of life that I could share at some point with somebody? Or maybe something for me just to keep in there? I think of something that I need to remind myself of a lot is that and we touched on it already Mm -hmm. today but just to highlight the fact that it's okay to stop and take time for yourself Mm. and it's not selfish yeah Um, because I think so many of us we we will yeah just not prioritize our you should be taking yourself care of yourself before you take care of anyone else 
um even though, even if you've got children and you're a mom because that's what my friends come back and say you know i've got the kids i've got my husband but you won't be able to take care of your kids if you've not taken care of yourself so well that's the Sony airport though isn't it not being through when you're on a plane and they go for the safety stuff blinds they did yeah don't they tell you every time put your face mask on first before put it on yeah. the car because why is that because you cut your well, you if you're struggling, if you, you know, you got to do it yourself first. Because if you're yeah. not going to put it on the child first, not be rude, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's something that, like, in personal situations I've had in the last couple of months, mm. I've had to be like, Yes, I love you, but right now, I, I can't be the person that you need me to be right now because mm. I just need to put myself first and I need to take care of me. And maybe I can come back to you in a day, a week, a month. Mm. But right now, today, I'm not your girl, sorry. And it's it's very hot. That's not my natural instinct. So to have to be like that mm -hmm. and to have to put myself first and prioritise myself isn't something that I've, I've found easy, but it's been key. So that's what I would say, putting in your handbag of life. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure again having you on. You are a lovely lady and oh. I think like, you know, keep on going and keep on with your mission. I am so, you know, I can say this to you. I'm proud that you're doing that counseling course. I'm so proud that you've done it, oh, go on and, and do that, you know, because so, and we've got to hear that too. Like, it's okay to say to your friends and people, I'm proud of yeah. you and I am. I'm proud that you're, you're doing that as well. That's amazing, you know, um, you're, you're going on your mission your life mission and it's amazing um yeah. but it's always a pleasure to have you on my podcast as well thanks yeah. to all my listeners as well it's been a pleasure for you to be with me today if it's in the morning evening or afternoon when everyone listens to this podcast thanks so much for joining me today and i hope to i hope you join me on the next one very soon goodbye see you later